Echoverse presents The Lesser Dead. When I hear Margaret and the others planning the best way to attack the oldest, most hard-ass vampire in Manhattan, I feel like a kid watching grown-ups talk. They're talking about something that's probably not gonna work. But if it did, everything's Disneyland and pancakes. Did they really think they can get rid of the Hessian? I mean, this guy casts a long shadow. He turned Margaret, who turned me. But if it weren't for him, I'd be just another old schmuck with bad knees and a bald head. I wouldn't be a bloodsucker. Neither would anyone else in this room. Only like I said, I can't shake the feeling that He's too strong. Anything we try against him, he's doomed. I want to be the one that takes his head, you got me? I want this. You ever seen him close up? <laughs> Not as close as you. <laughs> yeah, well, I was young and stupid once, just like you are now. Point is, the neck on him. He's like a beef cow. Wouldn't even trust my shovel to get through it in one whack. You've got to scramble him first, otherwise he'll turn things around on you. <laughs> Don't underestimate me. You're a strong young thing and no question, Mr. Mapache. And every year you're gonna get just a little bit stronger. Now, imagine he's been doing that almost 200 years. So don't lock up with him. It'll go bad for you. He'd be harder to kill than Rasputin. You'll want to shoot him through the brains to stun him, and mind you, don't miss. And then you'll have time to get that big bony head off him. Got your piece? Glad I can see. Good. Use it. Come with us, Joel. That's my sometimes girlfriend, Neva. I'm about to make some lame excuse about not volunteering when... Some jobs need big numbers. This ain't one of them. I could have kissed her. If you don't get in and surprise him, it won't matter how many you take. If you do surprise him, you shouldn't even need the four of you. She's right. Solo Lavanda. Me, Neva, beat her with the crowbar. The kid stays in the tunnel. Sure hope the kid's right about where the tunnel goes. Get him over here. Hey, kid. What? Me? Yeah, you. Come here. Where'd you say he sleeps again? The monster man, like... Like what in? It's a bed box. You can knock it. I'm hungry. When can I eat? After. It's not fair. The mannish woman took my brother and sister out to feed. Why didn't I get to? Oh, don't let Ruth hear you say she's mannish. Let's call her handsome. But you're not feeding till after because we don't need more complications. You get this done, get back here, and I'll take you out myself and feed you good and fat. Can't stand seeing nobody go hungry. I used to be a cook, you know. When she says that, she touches the necklace she's got on. It's an old-timey cameo, golden coral with Medusa on it in white. You know who Medusa is, right? That cameo used to be my mother's. I wonder if Margaret still wears it to remind me what I did to her. To Margaret, I mean. How my actions let the Hessian into our lives and changed everything for everyone. Corruption started with me. I grew up in the village with my roast beef loving Protestant shopkeeper dad and my crazy Jewish mother. Today, she was pulling her hair out over her Medusa cameo and giving our maid Elise a free lecture about Greek mythology. Darling, help me look over here. We, no, Medusa was a lady who was turned into a monster by the gods. A gorgon. Gorgons had hair made of snakes, and if they looked at you, you'd turn right to stone. 
<laughs> or if you looked at them. I forgot. Probably if you looked at each other. Did you check in the closet? I'll take a look, Miss Peacock. I swear. First the pearls, now this. I'm starting to believe we have gremlins. She didn't have gremlins. She had me. I took the pearl earrings. And I'll tell you why. Because those pearls were something Mom wore a lot. Something she was sure to miss. But they were small and losable, too. She wouldn't exactly think they were stolen, but she'd be paying attention. So when something else disappeared... I am simply not going to rest until I find that cameo. She'd be downright suspicious. And why did I want her suspicious? Mrs. Paycock, would you like anything else from the market besides what's on the list? I'm going in just a moment. No, no, Margaret, that'll be all, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Because we had a brand new cook I wanted fired. Mom thought Dad was sleeping with the old cook. Pretty, chubby Vilma. My Vilma. From Hungary. So she fired her and brought in this skinny Irish lady with the big headlamp eyes that looked right through you. I knew I wasn't getting my Vilma back, but Margaret McManus had to go. So there I was a minute later, in my sock feet, opening the closet door where Margaret kept her things. Medusa was in my hand, turning on her fine chain, inches from getting slipped into Margaret's cheap canvas handbag. Then I stopped. I broke into a cold sweat. I was suddenly aware that this was a big moment for me, that who I was going to be as Joseph Hiram Peacock was getting decided exactly then. Not in trench warfare, not in some deal with the devil, but right there, on the third floor of a narrow townhouse in Greenwich Village, with a stupid little cameo in my hand. I think I shook my head a little. I knew it was too rotten. I really want to tell you I couldn't do it. I have a memory that I started pulling my hand back, but it's been so long I don't remember if I really did, or if that's just what I chose to remember so I wouldn't make myself sick. Mr. Joey? Huh? Um, Elise, the maid. It was too late to turn back now, or at least I thought so. I held up the cameo. I found this. I mean, I saw her. Margaret, she put this in her purse. From Mom's dresser. Elise didn't believe me, but what choice did she have? If she tried to rat me out, I could turn around and say she was the thief. Even if they believed her, I might get sent to bed without supper, but she'd have a permanent enemy in the house, one who could never be fired. She knew all this in a second, and in that second, I corrupted her too. Mrs. Peacock? She said it quiet the first time, looking me straight in the eyes like she was saying, are you sure this is who you are? Because we can do it this way if you want, but you're starting a long road now, and you might not like where it goes. That's what I now think her eyes were saying, but after 40 years, who knows? Maybe she was just a scared black kid from Harlem, learning yet again how bad the world sucks. Mother? Mother! So, yeah, I got Margaret fired. An hour and a half later, she got back from the market. Mrs. McManus, I need to have a word with you. My mom and dad sat her down on a chair and gave her the third degree. Meanwhile, I was trying to sink backward into the living room drapes and disappear. Maybe 
Maybe don't call the police, Pop. That raised a red flag with my father. He was shrewd. Real shrewd. You don't steer a business through the Great Depression without knowing what's what. Why do you think we should be lenient with this kind of behavior, son? Because she has a family? Lots of people have families, Joseph. Most of them don't steal. Call the police if you like, Mr. Paycock. I am an honest woman, and I'd like to get this sorted out as much as you. And there she was, drilling me with those eyes of hers, turning me to stone. I would appreciate it, Mrs. McManus, if you would stop staring at my son as though it were his fault. You're a thief. Oh, there is a thief in this house and no mistake. Your position here is terminated. And good riddance. Do not interrupt me. Mom was doing that finger-pointy thing that made you want to sock her. And I could see Margaret was thinking about it. Now. I won't call the police, and I know that's a great relief to you, despite your bluffing. But only if you admit what you did. I cannot conscience a liar. So let me get this straight. I admit I stole that ugly thing, and I never have to look at none of yous again. Yes. Fine, I stole it. Then it's yours. What are you giving it to me for? It's been sullied. I don't want it in this house. Or you. I never want to see you again. <laughs> I have no worries on that account. But of course we would see her again. My betrayal would end her life as she knew it. And by extension, mine. And so many others. And now you know. Maybe you don't like me anymore. It's like I told you in the beginning. You can't trust me. I'm sorry you're stuck with me. Probably you deserve better. But who knows? Maybe you were once a shitty person too. I go to my favorite livestock's apartment, the Baker Place. Yeah, they've been getting tapped pretty hard lately. But they're so easily charmed I know I can get in, gas up, and get out fast like Margaret wants. She wants us strong and ready for whatever happens tonight. Hello? Mrs. and Mrs. Baker! I came over for dinner, like you said. Anybody home? I'm kinda on a schedule here. There's this broad, good looking, like in a Catherine Ross with crow's feet kinda way. Hair done up in curlers under a kerchief. Has a bag of groceries from the corner bodega. The neck of a wine bottle sticking out of it. Hi. Hey. She walks up to the next door over. Ah, okay. She's the neighbor. Can I help you? <sighs> I guess I look pretty shady. Haven't started trying to jimmy the lock yet. But that's next, and maybe it shows. Everything's cool. Say it. Everything's cool. She's hooked. Good. Maybe I don't need the bakers after all. I have to eat and run. And this might do just as well. Is anybody home at your place right now? No. Expecting anybody? No. Do you have a television? So I got this neighbor lady in the kitchen, right next door to my usual stop. The TV's turned up because sometimes they make noise when you stick them. You never know, everybody's different. 
Turns out this one's kind of vocal. Oh, that's... <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's not, it's not bad. Shut up. Now I'm gonna take my thumb away and feed again. But don't say nothing and don't try to go anywhere. Only I can close up the hole again, okay? Okay. She's really squirmy. Ah! One of her curlers pokes me in the eye. That's when I hear it. The fuck was that? The bakers. They've been noisy lately. Noisy how? Fighting. Bad fighting. This is getting weird. It's time to clean this joint up and get back to the loops. I start licking the hole in her neck to heal up the bite. The phone is driving me nuts. Get that and get rid of them, would you? And where's your mop? She's got a really cluttered kitchen. Like spices and coupons and scissors and little jars of shit everywhere. It's gonna be hard to find it if the odd drop landed anywhere. This is why I wanted to go to the bakers again. I know how they'll respond. You get in, you get out. Hello? I'll ask. What did I tell you? Get rid of them! Hang up. Hang up. Now. Say you got cancer or a headache or something. Is your name Joey? It's for you. Uh, hello? Joey. Who's this? You know who it is. Mikey? You know, the fat kid you bite and take blood from and laugh at. I heard you through the wall. My hearing's good now. Real good. What the fuck is happening? Do you like Miss Kemp better now? Are you doing things to her? No, uh, stay there. Because I'd like Listen, to too. Unlock your door. Sit down and don't move until I come over. I said, unlock your door, sit down. I know what you said. But I don't have to listen to you anymore. Because I'm like you are now. I'm hungry. I'm coming over. Shit! Lock your door after me. Don't let anyone else in. I was never here. We meet in the hallway. Me and Mikey Baker. He looks bad. He looks dead. He stinks. He's got old blood bibbed on the front of his yellow Izod polo shirt. He shows me his nubby yellow fangs and his wet red mouth like he's proud of him. He's about to say something, but I grab his chin, shut his mouth, and shove him backwards through his own door. Don't push me. Don't ever touch me again. What the fuck did you do? I'm really not ready for what I see in the Baker apartment. I don't know who would be. Mom and Dad Baker are sitting on the sofa, deader than hell. Not a drop of blood between them. And you can probably guess the other detail. Somebody tore their eyes out for him. Black sockets, looking at the television. I just managed to get the door shut and locked when the Baker kid just grabs me, throws me down on the coffee table. That's rude. So I clobber him with my left hook. Here's jawbreak. Just go down! Calm the fuck down! You don't want to do this! 
I kick him, but I lose my footing. I think I slipped in Miracle Whip. The refrigerator doors open. Broken jars everywhere. We fall under the broken glass and slop. And now he's on top of me. And this kid's heavy. And strong. It's not fair. Him being a new vampire and already so strong? He shouldn't be so damn strong. And he starts choking me. But a lot of good that's gonna do him. I don't breathe. It doesn't even hurt. But falling in broken glass does. And I'm cut to pieces. And now his knee, it slides in all the ketchup and pickle juice and blood. And he gets off balance enough for me to squirm out and roll him. Flopping him right down on his belly. The neighbors start thumping on all the walls. The floors too. The cops are already on their way. But that's the least of my problems. The baker kid's thrashing like a boated tuna. I'm exhausted. But he just keeps coming. You. I'm gonna have to peel this kid. I've never peeled a vampire before. I'm gonna tear your nuts. Off. But I really gotta peel this one. I see a block of knives. I grab a big one. I jump on Mikey's back and stop, flattening him out. I stab Mikey in the head now. Deep. He goes limp. But I know it won't last. There's only one thing for it. I put the blade of the big-ass chef knife against the doughy meat of his neck. <laughs> so sorry about this, Mikey. I really am. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I do it. And it's awful. So now I've killed a fellow vampire. And I feel like I should just die, too. Especially when I get a look at the parents just propped up in front of the television. Easy to believe they might just be there forever. And me with them. Like this is hell now. Uh, I'm sorry. I just... I just wanted to watch your TV. I only now realize I'm still holding Mikey's head. I never let it go. I should just carry it around forever. Like a reminder of what happens to people who let me in. This was just a game to me. But not to him and his peeled eyeless mom and dad. I destroyed them. Like my own family. I destroy everything. Police! Yeah! Okay. NYPD, open up! Sure. Okay. Wait. I gotta get the fangs out of that head. Everything but that can be explained. I could charm the cop, but what about the coroner? No, fangs always gotta come out. Oh, poor Mikey. Pliers, pliers, pliers. No time. I gotta use the knife. Oh, I'm sorry, Mikey. I put the fangs in my pocket just in time. Freeze! Drop the knife! Drop the head! Look at me. Yeah, like that. Now drop your gun. It weighs like a hundred pounds. Great. Get inside. Shut the door. My mind's racing now. I gotta get back to the loops. The Corazonas Frios are attacking the Hessian. But there's a second cop standing there. 
his gun's drawn. He points it at me. He looks off. Put the gun in your holster. Something's very wrong, but it's not hitting me yet exactly what. I said, put your gun in your holster. Can't do that. They said you would say that. I can see from the drool on him that this guy's already been charmed. And then it hits me. I realize just how wrong I got everything. How wrong we all got everything. We were fooled right from the start. It was them. It was always fucking them. Hello, Joey. Alfie. <laughs> How did you? Yes, it is a lot to think about. Officer Whoopsie Lips. Yeah? Excuse me, I, I can't watch this part. Shoot my friend Joey in the head, please. Wait, 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 what? Episode 6, Rasputin. There's a new world coming, and it's just around the bend. The Lesser Dead was performed by Jack Kilmer as Joey Peacock, Minnie Driver as Margaret McManus, Toby Ryan as Peter, Ave Lebrock as Alfie. Directed by Dan Blank. Written by Christopher Buhlman. Series created by Christopher Buhlman, based on his book, The Lesser Dead. Executive Producers, Mark Stern, Joshua D. Maurer, Christopher Buhlman, Minnie Driver, and Jack Kilmer. Producer, Alexandra Whitland. Original audio production, music, and sound design by Salt. Producer, Ali Strobel. Original music and composition by Benjamin Sterling. Sound design by Christopher Bonnes. <laughs>